What's up everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office. Uh, beautiful Sunday here in Central Oregon. I uh, just want to say thanks to everybody, the uh, Patreon donations and all of that stuff. Uh, it helps uh, for sure. Um, you know, YouTube subscriptions, that sort of stuff. It all, it all helps. Um, I'm happy to, you know, put this information out there, and hopefully, it's it's uh, useful for you guys. And so, no, I'm I'm grateful for all the uh, likes and follows and reshares and everybody that talks about it. So, I do appreciate it very much. Um. So this is part two of the black truck story. Um, if uh, people missed part one, uh, it was pretty much the history and the build of my 1971 1210 Travelette. Uh, put a DT360 from my school bus. Uh, Allison Automatic from a 2005 Chevy Duramax, NP205 from a 92 Dodge pickup, wired it all together, uh, one ton axles from, uh, got a Chevy Dana 80 rear and a Dodge Dana 60 front, Kingpin 60 front. Um, and I just want to add that a good Hmm, probably 60% of the work that went into that truck was done by my crew, um, Steve Sanders or Ethan Minton. They did a fair majority of the work. You know, when I was working on plumbing the radiator in the back of the truck, you know, Steve was working on the transmission wiring and Ethan was making the shock mounts for the rear axle. And, you know stuff like that we all worked together on it as a team there were a lot of after hours work um, a lot of nights we were here till you know nine o'clock and those guys you know they don't get paid for those hours they only get paid for their eight to four thirty so um, I'm grateful for all their help and and all of that stuff but I know Ethan was happy to be part of this build just because he had never been part of anything like that before and actually neither had Steve um, so doing super cool custom stuff like that you know it's I mean we've I've done things like that myself in the past but for them to be part of it uh, you know I was happy that they could share in that experience so anyway we will take up where I left off in the last one which was um, the black truck, I believe. Now I have to go off memory now. It's been a week. Um, we had transmission problems, uh, not transmission problems, but uh, sensor issues. So they, I think I covered this before, but I'll touch on it again. The Allison uses three speed sensors. Uh, torque converter, turbine, and output speed, and then the computer calculates the speed between all three of them, and that's how it knows when to shift and where to shift, and it also knows if something's wrong. And so, 
being that I have a gear drive 205 in there I had to have a pulse generator and then a converter box to take the 8k pulse and turn it into 128k um, that the Allison worked on which Allison doesn't really work on 128k it, it reads um, 40 uh, it's 40 pulses per revolution so the tone wheel that's inside the transfer case or the output if it's two-wheel drive has 40 teeth on it so as it you know makes the turn every revolution is 40 pulses so I had to use the Dakota digital stuff uh, to, to pump that up and the problem was is that Dakota Digital multiplier box apparently had a weak signal or was had some interference and it would throw the computer off and go into limp mode and normally it would be fine you know you just turn the truck off turn it back on and the code would clear and you could drive and then it would be fine you know for the rest of the day or sometimes when you shifted from reverse to drive you'd move a few feet and it wouldn't pick up the signal from the rear output and so it would just go into false neutral and so then you just shifted into neutral or another gear and then it would wake up and, and then go again it'd be fine so advanced adapters makes a uh, Allison to 205 adapter that you put your Allison speed sensor into that adapter and then the Allison doesn't know any different and you get your transfer case with whatever well they're back ordered for months and so we ran that um, Dakota digital stuff because it was cheap like the pulse generator is like 40 bucks and the multiplier box I had left over from another job that ended up changing direction partway through so um, but I think looking online they're like 140 bucks or something so you know for $180 worth of parts versus the $600 that advanced adapters wants and they were back ordered I figured running the Dakota digital stuff would be okay well we learned that it wasn't so um, we have been driving the truck for about a week about seven days eight days and other than the occasional false neutral or the check engine light every once in a while or check trans light every once in a while the truck was doing great we did some tow hauled with it pulled over the mountain brought back some heavy iron from the valley you know went from sea level to 5,000 feet in a pretty short amount of, you know like 22 miles or something and the truck did great uh, it did get warm on one climb, but we corrected some issues, and um, and then it was fine after that. So, I mean, I had that in the back of my mind, but I had just figured that the intermittent issues would just remain intermittent um, until you know we were able to correct whatever the problem was, um, but. What happened was we loaded up for 
um, loaded up for nationals and everything was good got I think I scaled I think I said 21,000 pounds so fairly heavy truck pulled great just uh, you know the stuff I brought back from the valley it probably weighed you know travel always six and my trailer weighs three so you know nine to ten thousand pounds plus the weight of the truck we figure it's about seven so you know we were not light but to have an additional four thousand pounds of load for the for the trip to nationals and then the the wind resistance of the enclosed trailer uh, that really that really does a lot on the truck too that, that takes a lot of energy to pull pull that sail down the road but you know we um, we put all that in there and going down the road the truck has plenty of power towed great um, brakes were great um, yeah just just good just I, it was everything that I'd hoped for I mean I had a huge smile on my face every day when I was driving it and you know while we were testing it and breaking it in and kept adding on you would put the flatbed on and did some other things and you know it was just a big smile all the time I was I was super happy with it like I said brakes were great steered good rode good uh, you know it just was what I wanted I'd wanted a truck like this for a long time and finally finally had it but so we're rolling down the road 21k and I started noticing there was a couple couple things that there was a terrible oil leak had started out of the front crank seal and that was my fault I always take credit when I screw up I had pulled the original crank pulley off which the medium-duty truck crank pulleys have like nine groove pulleys and this gigantic weight uh, counterbalance or, or harmonic damper or whatever way huge and we already were at you know minimal room for clearance uh, on our setup so the trick is you take the ag pulley agricultural pulley which usually is, you know combine or something it is a two row and then its weight is a little bit smaller so uh, year you know two years ago I had purchased a ag pulley off of Facebook and it showed up and it looked like it had been you know laying around for a while and so we cleaned up the surface of the seal surface of it you know with some scotch bright and it I don't know we, I didn't put enough effort into it anyway the time between pulling the old crank pulley and putting the new one on which was a few months probably I don't know why I don't I don't know I don't know what happened but somehow it, it turned into a few months the seal I don't know, dried out or was fragile and then there was still rust on the new ag pulley something happened but it ate the seal uh, and it started leaking um, into our drive so I figured you know everything I own leaks I'm used to that uh, 
not the end of the world as far as doing the trip. I just would have to check the oil every fuel stop uh, instead of like normally on my trucks. I check the oil every morning uh, on when I'm on a trip. But with this setup, I was just nervous and figured I would just check the oil every fuel stop. So not a big deal. Sucked. I mean, it, it looks like hell, but not a showstopper. Uh, but then the other thing I noticed was that there was a lot of rubber showing up under the hood. And we figured out it was the belt. I was running a single row, or a single belt, I should say, to run, you know, crank, water pump, alternator. And I had the belt really tight. And what we decided or determined was a combination of there was some rust in the pulley groove and you know I didn't clean it out because I figured it would just wear in maybe that was the wrong call um, but then also the water pump because it's having to shove water a quarter of a mile to the back of the truck and circulate all that fluid because there's over 10 gallons of coolant in the system now and all that piping and everything going to the back I think that there was it didn't squeal it never squealed or squawked or whined but I think between that and the rust that was wearing the belt the belt was actually you know peeling out and spraying rubber everywhere so then you start mixing fine rubber shavings with oil on the front of the motor and it turned into this weird you know high school track surface and so it was uh that was concerning luckily i had another belt in my kit and so i figured you know when it got to the point where it started getting thin because it's a half inch belt um scouts and pickups stuff like that they run three eighths belts the medium duty trucks run half inch belts and so uh Sorry about that. Oh, gosh. All right. That's quiet. Um, so, yeah, medium-duty trucks run half-inch wide belts. So um, I figured I would just watch it, and when it started getting thin, I would just change it with the spare that I had. Uh, again, not a showstopper. Um, inconvenient and, and kind of sucky, but not, you know, not the end of the world. Um, so we get to, um, Southern Idaho, um, kind of late. We pull in kind of just a highway turnout, uh, and slept in the truck. I mean, it's a travelette, so it's, you know, two bench seats. It's fairly comfy. Josie had recovered the seats a while back, fresh foam, that kind of thing. So sleeping in the truck other than not being able to stretch out fully because I'm damn near six feet tall and she's she's five six maybe um, so she could almost straighten out completely where I was kind of crunched up still but other than that um, sleeping in the truck it isn't too bad um, so and it was warm you know it's hot summertime so even in the middle of the night you know, we didn't get, we didn't ever get cold. Um, so we woke up the next morning, walked around the truck, added some oil. Um, I did tighten up the alternator belt a little bit because 
you know, it's wearing down, so it's starting to lose some tension. So the less tension, the more it'll slip and, you know, just wear even faster. So we uh, get the truck fired up, warmed up, go to pull out, and it goes into, you know, false neutral. Like, okay, shift it to another gear, nothing. Another gear, nothing. And now the check engine lights and check trans lights on. Pull back off the road, because now I'm rolling at, you know, 15 miles an hour. Pull off the road, shut the truck down, wait, you know, 10 seconds, turn the truck back on, coat, lights off, put it in gear, go 15 feet, light comes back on. And so pull over again, shut it down, get out the code reader uh, and, and handheld unit, clear the codes, clear all the trouble codes, which there was only one, which was the rear speed sensor. I mean, the code even said, uh, you know, what it was. We all knew it. And start it back up, get on the road, and get going. And it shifts one, two, light comes on, goes into false neutral. And now I'm frustrated because I'm nervous, or I'm not nervous, but I'm, you know, freaked out because I just merged onto the freeway. It's I 84, trucks are doing 80. And I, so I downshift it from drive to the next, you know, obviously next one down, which is fourth. And it wakes up, it comes to life but it's stick, it sticks in fourth and there's no converter lockup. So it's slipping, the torque converter is slipping and it's stuck in fourth. And so immediately I start to see the trans temp start climbing, um, you know, cause I got a trans temp gauge and instead of being at 140, like they were the entire trip the day before, they're, you know, 140, 150, 160, 170, and it starts, you know, and it, if we're in fourth gear with no lockup, we were doing about 45 miles an hour at 2,500, 2,700. I think I'm governed at 2,700, and I was almost on the governor, you know, just trying to get down the road because about 10 miles down the road from where we stopped was a truck stop in uh, Bliss, Idaho. So I thought, you know, we're not going to get any help here on the side of the highway. We need to just get it to the truck stop. And uh, I also knew that it was, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. So most of the trucks were gone. Uh, so we should have a pretty open lot. So that's what I did. I just ran it, you know, and the trans fans did their job. It got up to about 210 uh, trans temp, but it didn't get over that we did 40 the rest of the way uh, which you know yeah it sucks that that happened but I love the fact that the Allison will let you continue driving you know if this was a, a five or six speed manual and you broke something inside of it or the clutch fail or whatever you're dead in the water um, so at least the Allison would let you drive some to get out of trouble. Um, so anyway, 
limp the thing down to the truck stop, find a good spot, get parked. I start, you know, checking wiring, making sure all the connections are good. Called Dakota Digital, explained them the problem, and they pretty much just shrugged their shoulders and were like, yeah, sometimes that happens. I talked to Jason at TransTuner, and he said same thing. He's like, you know, we tuned it the best we could. That I don't have, I didn't have a laptop with me, so I couldn't transfer the tune or a tune if he had sent another one, you know, to the truck because I needed a laptop to do that. So, um, you know, I was just grasping at straws, just whatever. It took, I don't know, I probably did laps around that truck stop six or seven, eight times. Just thinking this will do it, and you go and drive it, and nope, light comes on, and it sticks in second gear or third gear or whatever. And you know, I think of part of what it, what gear it sticks in is is relative to how fast you're going when it decides to stick. Because I had it stick in second, it stuck in third, it stuck in fourth. So um, you know, technically, according to Allison, it should only stick in third. Uh, but I had it stick in some other gears. Anyway, uh, so did a bunch of laps around the truck stop. Couldn't get it, couldn't get it, couldn't get it. Finally decided to throw in the towel. Uh, there was a hotel across the street from the truck stop, so you can imagine how nice that place was. And I called Steve, and we hatched a plan. Um, so we had the big... The F-550 that I've taken across the country before belongs to my folks. Used to pull their fifth wheel camper that they have since retired because they bought a new uh, F-350. And so the 550 just kind of hangs out. So anyway, so I had Steve run up to my folks' house, grab that truck, come back to the shop, hook up the flatbed trailer, put my cowboy truck, the 92 Dodge, on the flatbed and then he drove the whole mess out to us which was about eight hours so it was a drive for him too and then we transferred a bunch of stuff over unhooked or I'm sorry unloaded the Dodge put the black truck on the flatbed trailer unhooked the 550 and hooked it up to the enclosed trailer and then hooked the Dodge up to the flatbed so that then Josie and I could finish the trip with the 550 on the enclosed trailer. Steve went home with driving the Dodge with the black truck on the trailer and then when they got back here or when he got back here then we devised another plan so while we were gone at Nationals for the 18-day trip they took the front end apart so we could fix the oil leak and um, we rigged up uh, we came up with another idea uh, to get us by while we're waiting for advanced adapters so what we did is I still had the transfer case from the Duramax setup so um, the Dodge 205 had a passenger output the uh, passenger front output the Chevys have driver front output, so that won't work with my front axle. But to get it back on the road, 
uh, I didn't really care. So what we did is, so after the Nationals trip, which I will make it probably the next podcast will be all about the uh, homecoming and Nationals trip. Um, so we'll fast forward to 19 days of, of fun and excitement to the Midwest. I'm back. Um, the guys had prepped the truck and uh, getting ready for the work that needed to get done. So I get back. Evenings, I started um, getting the crank pulley off. Um, had got smart and put it in the lathe and spun it down. Got all the rust and stuff off of the crank pulley. It had a pretty bad groove in it that um, I don't know, just an old pulley. So um, I got a speedy sleeve and and we speedy sleeved it so that uh, helpfully slow that rust down, put a new seal in the front timing cover, got that all put back together. Um, I got a dual row alternator pulley set up. So now we're running, we're back on two belts to run the uh, water pump and alternator. And those are half inch belts on those. So I'm hoping that solves our water pump slippage problem and uh, and then cuts down on our rubber consumption. But so far, the um, couple of test run, test fire ups with the crank pulley and stuff in there, um, it doesn't seem to leak. It seems to hold oil, which is good. And um, the it's hard to tell if the belt's going to slip or not. I won't know until I start putting some real miles on it. Um, and then the transfer case, so we got the old Dodge 205 off, cleaned it up, got the Duramax transfer case out, and um, installed that. Of course, that bolted right up like it's supposed to. Um, and then we took the wiring and put the uh, Allison speed sensor back into the um, output of that Chevy case. So again, now it's all back to Allison. Everything should read the way it should. It should think it's a stock Chevy pickup now. So, um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to drive it because I had to have a new drive shaft made because GMs use a slip shaft, uh, slip yoke, whatever you want to call it, in the transfer case output where the entire thing slides on the splines. Uh, of the transfer case output instead of traditionally where the yoke is fixed and the drive shaft has the slip in it. Um, so I had to have another drive shaft made with the correct slip on it and the drive shaft shop that I use was the guy was sick for a day or two so they didn't get it done before the weekend. So I have the truck that's all put back together everything is done just sitting there waiting for a drive shaft. Uh, so I'll probably have something to report next week when I make another podcast. Um, but that was how we worked around all of that stuff. So until Advanced Adapters gets the right part made and we can switch back to the 205 and all of that, uh, I'm just going to run this GM case um, just so I can keep breaking the truck in and shaking out any bugs. Uh, we do have a big haul coming up. I got to go to Montana in a few weeks to deliver a truck and bring back a 
burned up tractor for a friend of mine. I might have to go to South Dakota and bring back a big truck that I want real bad. Um, yeah, and then we have Fall Rally. So Sierra Fall Rally is um, first weekend in October, and I'll be towing a bunch of stuff down to that. Uh, we have King of the Hammers in February, which is, you know, the ferry at Southern California. So that a big haul for that. So there's definitely a lot of hauls and trips coming up. So I just want to be able to keep running the truck and, and testing it and seeing how things are going to work because next year it will go to nationals and homecoming. So um, I want to make sure that it's dialed in. I'll have a year of break-in on it. So it should be 100% and then some by by then. So we'll see see how it goes, Bob. Anyway, that was the saga of the black truck. Hopefully you learned something. And uh, yeah, so uh, until next time, I'm Dan, Binder Boneyard.